0: We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst podcast, we dive into current events that are shaping how pharmacists approach their patients and their businesses. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time.
1: Three, two, one, zero.
2: Ignition.
0: Hello. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X, and I'm here with my co-host, Marsha.
2: Hi, I'm Marsha Bivens, marketing director for Pioneer X. Today, we are here with Gabe Trahan. Some of you may be familiar with Gabe Trahan from his NCPA front-end overhaul course.
1: Look at you and all your Christmas decorations.
0: Yeah,
2: I know. We have lights. Wow.
1: We've got,
0: we uh, we wore, uh, wore my red That's shirt. Cute. Marsha wore see. her red shoes just my for shoes. you.
2: Yeah, I was awesome. looking. I, so I looked through my ve- through my chucks and I don't have any red. Co- I have maroon Converse. I have every other oh. color but red.
1: Uh, that's close. Well, that's pretty darn close. That's pretty good. Thank you for the support and feed.
0: So Gabe, DBA red shoe guy, how many red shoes do you actually have?
1: <laughs> everybody asked the same question and they uh, oh, really two and um, they're like 25 years old
0: wow but, but vintage I, vintage I,
1: I've remodeled okay okay so I I switched from the converse to Kohan Reds, only to, to send a message to all oh, our members we got to move forward we got to we're going to join today. So I went from Converse to the Kohan red dressy shoes. So remodeled.
2: Nice. Completely but skipped vans there. Sp- special,
1: special occasion. I put on the chucks.
2: Okay. So tell us about you. So, I mean, we know uh, you do a lot for NCPA as far as their boot camps and that, but how did you get started in pharmacy?
1: First, I want to make sure you got the right Gabe. Because, okay. Because... Uh, a couple of years ago, for a number of years ago, they hired me to speak in Wisconsin, and, I, and they insisted I arrive by limousine. Oh, really? I, yeah. So I arrived by limousine, and as I got closer to the building, I noticed rows of people on the sidewalk leading to the headquarters, all anticipation, and I think, it can't be for me. And they're all like this. And the limo driver was told to make a circle in the driveway. So I'm giving the Queen's wave. I'm thinking, this is pretty cool. Everybody knows me. They <laughs> get out of the car and there's this collective sigh. And then, and I go, and, and their backs are to me and they're walking away. They all thought I was Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back Cotter.
0: Oh,
1: oh. Okay. So not everybody old enough to re- remember Welcome back, Cotter.
0: Did you ever see Welcome Back, Cotter?
2: i uh, once, a Come long time on. ago. But we've got a well, Gabe and he's wearing red sneakers, so I'm pretty sure we got the right Gabe.
1: Yeah, you got the right one. How did I get started? Um, I, I was working in a hardware store at 18 years old and merchandising. And I came out one day at the end of Friday closing the store with a money bag under my arm and I was gonna go make the deposit. And I look over and there's a man leaning up against the car. And I said, oh, I'm gonna get robbed. I'll just walk away the other direction and go around to the bank, drop the bag in, come back, the guy's still there. And he owned 12 pharmacies. And he says, you know, I really like what you do in this hardware store. Will you work next door in the pharmacy there? And I said, I don't know anything about pharmacies. And he said, you keep a nice store, pretty good with customers. They'd like you to join the team. Okay, got a little more money. Went next door. Didn't have to work Sundays and Friday nights. And the next thing I know, there's a about a month later, big argument in the pharmacy. The owner comes up to me and says, "You're in charge of the entire store now. You run this pharmacy. And if the pharmacist gives you a hard time, you call me." Okay, <laughs> like that's going to happen. And um, and it snowballed. I started merchandising and and working with people and trying to get them to understand what perceived value was. And then it snowballed to take care of this store, take care of this store. They got up to five stores. But there's a message in my my, uh, past was my first boss in the pharmacy industry was a really nice guy. Of course, it's easy to be a nice guy. And he refused to change. He didn't even want to update computers. He says, listen, we're safe as it comes. People love us. We're local. They have nice stores. Don't worry about the chain that's coming. Don't worry about Walmart. Don't worry about the insurance companies. We're fine. As employees, we said, you're absolutely right. We're loved. We don't need to make any changes. We're cool. For 14 and a half years, we made no changes and everybody's chipping at our business. Then a Tuesday afternoon, I got a phone call, mandatory meeting tonight. Can't make it, you don't have a job, goodbye. I can't even tell you who made the call. I made the call, there was, a, there was our n- nice boss, stay up on a makeshift stage in a warehouse, sobbing. He said, I lost it all. And then he walked away, never saw him again. He got so far in debt by not making changes, by not paying attention to the numbers, he lost his business. So the new owner steps up and he says, I understand your old boss gave you raises when you didn't earn them. I understand he gave you bonuses when he couldn't afford it. That's all coming to an end right now. Change this place. This good man just lost 12 stores, and the only way we can save it, make a lot of changes. So essentially, we were all fired. And we all had to apply for our jobs. And I was a district manager, and he says, well, I don't need a district manager. I don't really need managers. Well, let's see, hang out. So for two months, I worked as clean at a warehouse. And unbeknownst to me, I was competing for the general manager job see how hard i worked and i was competing against my boss who had a lot more education than i did i said i'm screwed here and he called me in the office he said we're making a change you're going to be the new general manager your old boss is going to work for you and i'm cutting your pay by a hundred dollars a week I'm okay. Sorry, is this a promotion? Yeah. I don't know that part. Uh, but he had a plan. He had a plan and he was going to change things and it was exciting. But the, the message was I was young enough and our employees, my the people I worked with, backed up the old owner. We don't need to make changes. Look what it did. It cost 150 people jobs. And and then when this guy that we didn't like came in, made these horrible changes, no jeans, can't use the back door to go in and out of the building, all kinds of silly things we thought made good sense. So we went from 12 stores to 22 stores. And in two weeks, we closed eight stores.
0: So tackling staff, what would be yeah. kind of your top three recommendations for for getting staff to change?
1: Get rid of the word change. Okay. Okay, we're gonna improve. Who doesn't want to improve? Hey guys, ladies, we're gonna improve and I need your help. I need your help. Um, A lot of owners don't really understand the numbers. They're really great people, but they need to review them and share those numbers. You know, I've, I've, I've had store owners that don't like to take out their nice car because they don't want their staff seeing so, you know, them driving a nice car. You know, you're not hiding nothing. Um, enjoy life. Tell them what the real numbers are. Smile and say, I need to improve so we can all have jobs. And that's, that's, that's the first thing. And talk to them. You know, one of the... When I want to remodel, you know what I tell one of the the owners to do? Give them a nicer restroom. Well, don't you want me to do something with a better sign? No, no. Your restroom is, it it looks like something O.J. Simpson might have had uh, when he was doing time, but not as big. Then give them, clean up their break room. Show them that you respect them, and then let's get them all on board. And that's what I tell them.
2: Prison room restroom. I like that reference. And, and I've been in pharmacies, and it's like you're right. It does. It's not too far off from what a prison room restroom would I imagine a prison room restroom restroom would look like.
0: Yeah, I think even for customers, my wife will go to a restaurant sometimes and go, "I'm gonna go check out the restroom. I just wanna see what it's like."
2: <laughs> tell me about the red shoes. What what inspired you to put on some chucks and. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. You know, when somebody turns 50, they go buy a Corvette, a red Corvette. I went out and bought red Converse shoes. It was in my budget. So I I was invited to speak in New York City at an open bar CE. And the open bar was open well before the CE. And I'm not... I'm not making fun of the guy's accent, the person that hired me, nice man, comes up to me before I'm ready to go on, and I got my red shoes on and a beautiful pinstripe suit. He comes up, he says, hey, in 20 minutes, all these people are going to be gone, okay? I said, but you hired me for a 90-minute CE. he says, 20 minutes, these people are going to be gone. They're going to drink, they're tired, they're going to go home, they're going to get their CEs. You go home after 20 minutes. I said, I can't go home. I'm flying tomorrow. And you paid me for 90 minutes. You're going to get me for 90 minutes. You're going to talk to nobody. Why do you want to do that? And he opens up my suit jacket and puts an envelope with a check in it, puts it in my pocket and goes, you're okay. Go have a nice steak. You've got money in your pocket. You're fine.
2: Was the CE for like the mafia? <laughs> yeah. No, it,
0: like a like garbage collection, CE, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. So
1: I, the, the it was quite the open bar, uh, and they're all not tanked, but they're tired. Right. And they so I said, "Hey, folks, thanks for coming, thanks for inviting me. How many people think I look a little silly with these red shoes?" One guy picks his hand up and says, "You look like you dressed up in your car." Okay, this isn't going to be good. So can you, can you just tell me if I look a little silly with these red shoes? And this one guy got halfway out of his seat and said, you'd look silly without the shoes. Can you get this thing going? <laughs> I said, wow. Come on, folks, how many thinks this is silly? One lady to the left, three rows up, says, silly. And then all the hands go up. I said, great. Say, I'll agree that from the ankles up, I look okay. But from the feet down, I look silly. I've ruined my entire image. So for the next 90 minutes, if you don't mind, let's talk about your stores and see where the red shoes are in your store. Something you don't think it's a big deal, something you're comfortable with, like my shoes, but it's ruining your image. Maybe it's just a dirty door. Maybe it's just two lights out in the ceiling. Maybe you got duct tape on the cart. Maybe you got somebody who's having a bad day running the register every day. Those are your red sneakers, something you're comfortable with. But it's ruining your image. So you, let's talk about that. 90 minutes later, all but four had left. Four people had left, and the rest were there. So I said, I think I'm on to something.
0: Did the guy leave who gave you the check? oh
2: yeah absolutely he He had to you know he did his part Uh, he
1: he came back he says well it's a history here he said but you know what i wanted to go home
0: (laughs) i wanted to go (laughs)
1: well and and then question and answers after just went on and on and he just like why couldn't you just stink so we could all go home
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's all right I, i could listen to you for 90 minutes
2: Okay. So now that transition, you've got, you've, you've got a great idea for working with pharmacies and talking to them about how to improve their front ends and just their overall appearance. I kind of like the interesting spin that it's kind of a reverse purple cow. So purple cow is how do we make you look better than the other pharmacies? And your red shoes are how do we get the red shoes out of your pharmacy? So I kind of like that, that I like the spin on it. So how did that, how did you get in with NCPA and start doing these front end U-Hauls?
1: Lois Davis.
2: Oh, oh I love Lois. I miss Lois. Lois. I miss her. <laughs> Do you know what her her actual birthday is? It's Every her favorite day. joke.
0: Every day. <laughs> Every day <laughs> is yes. her birthday. Every, Every day, day is, is, is her Lois.
2: birthday.
1: She's into cake. I'm surprised she didn't just get married over and over and over and over and, get, and then she'd get more cake. No, I love Lois Davis. No, she... uh. NCPA had a contest in the evening. Of uh, bring your best suggestion. You have ten minutes to tell it. This is thirty years ago, and uh, I was I'm not a pharmacist by any means. So I wish, wish I had the brains for that. So, I I my boss took me there, and, and I gave a, a suggestion. They fine you're in, and I I won I won the little contest, and the second year I won it, third year I won it. And Lois says, can you put 90 minutes together? Yeah, I can do that. I did that then, in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I put the 90 minutes together, and I guess it went well. And Lois went to Barbara Hayward and said, we got to get this guy. Barbara Hayward went to Doug. Then I got a call on Sunday afternoon. So that's, that's, that's how I made it. And I'm, I'm, I'm beyond thankful. Let's, let's face it. I started in a hardware store. I was a pin setter at a bowling alley. Neither of you are old enough to know what that is. I do. Dr-
2: my yeah? aunt, my uh, an uncle had a bowling alley.
0: And he would, and he had a physical, like human being, pin setters. Um, I mean, this is Flintstone type stuff.
2: Oh, I, oh, I know, <laughs> oh, I know. But um,
0: can you see the Flintstones? They'd have a little dinosaur setting the pins back yeah. there.
2: Nope, I do remember the Flintstones reference. Um, no, um, it was my aunt who had the bowling alley and it was inherited from her father who had passed away. And I I mean, the couple of times that I met him, I was little, little, like 10. And that's where I went after school because my dad was helping out during the transition. Um, and they told me, you know, the history of the place and, um, how all that worked, and I even went back there and saw the pen setting machines and they said, and they were like, back in the day when I opened this, I was the one setting the pins. So. Huh.
0: So how long have you, how many years you've been at NCPA?
1: I'll be 10 years. I'm going to start my 10th year. Oh, no, I'm starting my 10th year now. Nine years plus. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 44 years working with pharmacists.
0: How do we fix this thing? Are, are you optimistic about independent pharmacy? Pessimistic? Neutral?
1: Oh, optimistic. Optimistic, but we really got to make some changes here. We, biggest thing? No numbers. Don't tell me we sell this. Show me you sell this. Why are you carrying this? Oh, oh people love it. Well, what do you mean? Are you making any money? I think we are. No, no. We, there's no Ruper error. And the, and the other thing is people are giving up on the front end. Okay. The front end, three to five percent of your business revenue, maybe. You can dream of 10 if you want, but it's probably five. So that five percent of revenue is never going to make you rich. I'll double that for you, and you're still not going to Disney. However, the front end is 80% of your image. I got to walk through the front end to see your pharmacist. And if you got one of each on the shelf, or you got duct tape on the floor, what kind of rumor is your store saying? What kind of rumor is your OTC section saying about your pharmacy? I know what the rumor is. We may not be here tomorrow. Thank goodness that's a small part of our members, a small part. The rest of them are really doing well. They're making the changes. But we can't be in denial. I understand you can't sell a ton of OTC, but you can't give up on it. You're not going to start pushing people to the competition because you don't want to carry some OTC. Lower your prices on OTC. It's 3 to 5% of your retail. Three to 5%, if you lower their OTC prices and become competitive, and let's say you lower it by 3%, your, your retail by 3%, what have you been up? 3% of profit of three to 5% of your business, and your image just went up. Lower your retail by three to 6% on your OTC, and then you can market yourself Gabe's Pharmacy, now with 1,362 new low prices, doing our part in keeping the cost of health care down, match that, match that marketing. Understand OTC is not going to make you rich, so let's use it to bring people in, and then start selling services. So there's lots of hope for these folks. Mm -hmm.
0: Super interesting to think about OTC as decoration, uh, what that means about the pharmacy. Um, So seasonally, uh, we're at the Christmas piece. What would be some of your top ideas for what people should be doing for Christmas time?
2: Right, what would be like for the holiday season? What would be some tips for, what would be the red shoes they need to get out and the purple cows they need to bring in?
1: Okay, so first of all, let's look how much you got invested in the Christmas inventory. Is it $2,000? Okay. If it's $2,000 in wholesale, and if you don't sell any, what will happen? Don't run scared and go on sale. Try to get what you can from it because once you put things on sale, everybody sits back and says, when's your next sale? Okay, so... So if you're invested ten thousand dollars in Christmas. We gotta talk. Understand there are two week, two seasons to Christmas. Okay, November and the first one or two weeks of December is the first season. That's when people buy the outside decorations. They buy all the box cards. They buy bigger gifts. They buy the lights. And as we get closer to Christmas, they buy the the trimetry. If you got that stuff, don't put it on sale. This is when they're going to buy it. If you have to put something on sale, 10 days before Christmas, put your, put your trimetry on sale, put your outside stuff on sale, because most of that's been bought. But so now you have a sale atmosphere, put your wrap, your bows, your candy, your last minute gifts are at full retail. So understand, there's two seasons, and merchandise that way. Merchandise your store twice to reflect the peak.
2: So, of the tips that you provide in your course to pharmacies, um, what would you say pharmacies have been have commented and come back and said, "I, I did X from your class, and I saw." More profit. I saw, you know, they, they saw a difference. They saw the change.
1: Windows, signs, probably those
0: two things. Signs being like at the street?
1: Well, oh, any kind of sign. But inside the store, there are three types of sales. Impulse, companion, and planned. Our wonderful pharmacists make a living on planned sales. We're not... We're not into merchandising that much, right? So signage is your silent salesperson. So promote things with signage because they don't have a bad day. And if you're creative, they're gonna get you those extra sales. So once I get folks to start using signage to sell product. Now, I'll show you something. I don't know if you can see it. This is a sign holder. Okay, it's magnetic. You gotta get one of these, whether you get the magnetic one or one that just sits on the top rail of the fixture. And I want you to have one for every other four-foot section on the gondola. And I want you to sell something that people don't even think about. Now this one says, don't you wish you could sleep like this at home? Ask our pharmacist if melatonin is right for you. Now, this could have a picture of a person who's very concerned holding their head, holding their head like this and holding a bottle of CBD with their other hand. And the picture could say, concerned whether you should be taking CBD? Ask our pharmacist if it's a right move for you.
0: There's a pharmacy down the street doing 50000 a month in OTC. I bet that's more than five percent of their business.
1: Is it independent?
0: It's an independent. Yeah, it's a compounder.
1: All right. Okay. So, are you when you say fifty thousand dollars a month in OTC, are you counting gifts, cards, candy, yeah,
0: everything? But but they DMA. have DME.
1: I'm talking OTC in in your traditional that you buy from your primary wholesaler. I'm not talking DME. They
0: have a huge business in um replacement. They're doing kind of what Chris Cornelson's doing and stuff, but where they're doing, hey, you're on this drug, you should be on this drug. They have a very structured okay. um nutrient depletion program. Uh, they're selling lots of vitamins at 50% 100% profit.
1: 50% margin, yeah. 100% profit. Yep. Yeah. So, w- every store needs one at least one 4 foot shelf of our pharmacist recommends high-end supplements. Yep. And, here, and here's a tip. Because there, someday you and I got we all have to talk about the myths that are stopping pharmacists from getting more business. And one of the myths is nobody has any money in my town. Or everybody buys that on the internet. And the other myth is I can't sell anything for over 20 bucks. Pharmaceutical grade supplements are going to sell for 30 bucks an hour. I'm not asking you to be a salesperson. I'm asking you to be able to explain why this is $39 and the other one is $9.99. Mrs. Jones, I'll tell you why one is $9.99 and one's thirty ninety nine. dollars The nine ninety nine dollars one makes your wallet feel better. And some people just want to take a vitamin and tell their doctor, yes, I'm taking my vitamins. This one says it maintains your health. Would you rather not just maintain, but maybe start feeling better? Now that you're taking those statin drugs, don't you want to take a good CoQ10? Mrs. Jones, here's a vitamin that's good for the wallet. Here's a vitamin that's good for you. It's going to cost you about a cup of cu- the same price of a cup of coffee a day. Always break it down by dosage, and you're going to sell a whole lot more supplements. But you need one shelf minimum of all the biggies: CoQ10, the bone suppl- supplements for your heart, and a big sinus, as our pharmacist recommends. And use these type of signs that says. Feeling stressed? Ask us if our B12 is right for you. And move these signs around your store. And the beauty of it is there's two sides. So it's a little self-promotion. If you want more tips, go to ncpa.org forward slash profit makers, and every two weeks, you'll get tips to your mailbox for free. We have over 2,000 people doing this every two weeks.
0: So when you're talking 5% of your business, are you including these? Your your B12s, your your that type of supplements?
1: Yes, oh, yes. Only
0: yes. 5% of your business? Because that was, I mean, just hearing, okay, this is only 5% of my, hey, you should do this in 5% of your business. I'm like, eh, okay, maybe that's in the way. Maybe I just want to do more flu shots. Um, I do like what I heard you say about that's the decoration of your pharmacy. It's kind of sales, you know, having that stuff. If I, you know, as long as they don't go old, you know, there's there's a strong piece of, of looking like looking successful. Um,
2: well, it's like you said, you got to start at the curb and you got to start at the curb and get your windows clean and not have stickers for every little thing and not just stickers but it's like all of the handmade signs that no checks accepted and all of that stuff that could be at the cash register just to remind customers hey we don't accept checks i'm sorry um it's cleaning up the front end and making things more attractive um so that way they want to come into the store so i got a question for you gabe um sure of all your interactions with the pharmacies in your class, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job?
1: Having them call me and say, it worked. It worked. We had a store years ago. It's another myth. We have to be everything to everyone. I mean, this person even cut keys in their store. They, But it was 19 feet wide and maybe... 30, 40 feet long. And they were loaded. And the owner says, what should we do? I said, you need to give the store an enema. A dual pack. Don't even go with the generic. I want a brand name enema and just wipe. And we took everything out. And we used the walls. We put nothing in the middle. The lady that owns the store... Was um, Massachusetts Businesswoman of the Year. We also got rid of the manager. To be fair, and we did a few other things. She had a three hundred percent increase in RX Cal. So when I hear somebody's got a thirty-two percent increase, increase, I'm pretty excited. But back to what you said: five percent of your business. With your vitamins. If you're gonna do high end supplements and, and and do it well, you're gonna get you're gonna get up there. Of course you are because it's a bigger number. But think about this. You just sold some Lipitor, the generic now, and, and maybe lost three dollars or made two dollars, but your coq ten you made twenty five. So with anything, maybe you'll you pay for another technician with, with a better priced OTC.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's something that and we might even could do for our Pioneer customers is try to, to get some ideas from some signs. And um, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll give them a template. We'll give them a, a PDF. Here's some PDFs you can print yourself and, and kind of sure. guide them along.
1: Well, you know, start with a picture first. So Try it. Both of you try it someday. Just take the silliest picture. There's a picture of a dog that's sitting in the rain, beautiful golden retriever, and it's raining. And his front legs are in boots. And he's got an umbrella in his mouth. And we said, okay, what can we do with this picture? Well, one of our great members made a postcard of it, mailed it out, and we said, "There's there's no mention of the store's name on the front. All you do is you see this beautiful dog with an umbrella in his mouth, obviously waiting for his master to come home. No store name. You ruin it if you put your store name on the front. You'll flip that postcard over, and then when you flip it over, it says, "We get it. You like things delivered, and that's what one of the things we do best." I like it. Gabe's Pharmacy. Cool. So, start with a picture. You'll get you'll get your ca- headline. It's a headline, right? But recently, I worked with someone, I, who lives in a very snowy state. And they found a picture of a car in a snowbank. I said, perfect. And I flip it over and say, I'm glad this wasn't you. And to keep it that way, why don't you let us deliver to your home? Okay. Oh, I love it, Gabe. Show it to the staff. And they go, well, you got to put your logo up in the corner. No, you don't. You put the logo, they to say, this is from a drugstore. It's gone. Understand, there's a the thing called hand to trash. How long will it take it for me to throw this away? Somebody sends me a picture of a car deep in a snowbank. What is that all about?
0: One of the things we say is that um, every business and, and we're business to business, right? Cause every business has a filter. Somebody whose job it is to pull the stuff off the facts and decide what's trash. Somebody whose job it is to get the mail and decides <laughs> what's trash. We call that the filter. They're the filter. And so we talk about how are you getting past the filter? Sure. So you're saying that family could have the same thing, right? They could be the filter. or
2: I'm or, teaching Mackie to be my filter.
0: Yeah, Mackie, teaching your daughter to throw the stuff away. Um, what, what do you think about the, uh, the walk of sin? You, you know what I talk about when I talk about the walk of sin in a pharmacy? No. Yeah. So that's the walk past all the candy, all the impulse items, the Snicker bars and the Reese's Cups. We, we've seen some businesses today, they'll actually weave you through it. Right, it's all the impulse buys that you look at and go, I want that. Or they
2: do it on the way to the checkout counters so that way you're fat, you're kind of forced to pick up those last minute things. You go, Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, but I could try this. It's a sample size of that product.
0: Hate it. You hate it. Not enough money in it.
1: Not enough money in it. And if you can't think of something better to sell than a Snicker bar, we need to chat. You know, You know, anti-aging is a big... Let's talk about the four things that are in people's minds. And once you hold these, you don't know where to go other than rhesus. Anti-aging. Nobody wants to look older, sound older, act older. Okay. Energy. Oh, I wish I had some more energy. Stress. Sleep.
2: I was about to say, better sleep. Yep. Melatonin.
0: So in an impulse item you're thinking around those four things and really more that's your counter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then when you talk about impulse, I just wrote an article recently. People say, well, I'm going to double up on my cough and cold section, or I'm going to add on to my hair care section, or I'm going to bring in more candles and I'll go, okay. So you have at one time, there was over 50 different types of Tylenols, if you counted them all up. Great company. Do you need to carry all 50? If I want a Tylenol, when I walk in and I see you have 12, do I go, I'm going to go look for a store that has 50. And if I find that store that has 50, I buy one. You don't need to expand your traditional OTC. In fact, there's... There's a good chance they're too big, categories. You need to find other categories. So anti-aging is the rage, but it's not the rage. The rage is healthy aging. That's where the pharmacists step in. So impulse purchase, impulse sales can be done by merely suggesting. Take another one of these signs. Get a pair of grandparents. Grandfather chasing his grandchildren. Wouldn't it be nice if you could catch them one day? Ask us if our B12 or B-complex is right for you. Get people thinking about this. That's where the impulse sale comes from. To get all giddy because you sold a a $2 item on impulse is old school. let Let me bore you for a second. Stores were built to hold fixtures. You get your size of your store, go to a fixture company. This is where I want my pharmacy. They put it in and then they load it up with fixtures. That's what you want. They even give you three foot aisles. Then you go, what am I gonna do with the rest of it? The pharmacy's awesome. Well, you call your wholesaler up. They're great people, what do you want? Let's fill this up with OTC. Then you end up with 12 feet of of, uh, digestive and and, uh, eight feet of um, deodorant, things you don't need, right? Then you go, what do I do with the rest of this? Well, maybe you should get into the gift business or start selling groceries or bring in more cards. Stores were built to hold fixtures, not people. That has to change. Everybody's looking for privacy, for, for personal space. So I'm begging everybody, remodel your stores. Change the old system. I'm still seeing stores being drawn with three-foot aisles. I'm still seeing stores drawn where waiting areas are on their end of an end cap. I'm still seeing stores drawn with no vaccine room or consulting room. Today. You've got to design your own store realize your store is to hold people and hold them comfortably. Your aisles should be five foot wide. And your categories should be at the minimum size and go from there.
0: Do you know Stacey Welling? Oh, sure. We had her on here a couple of weeks ago.
1: I know Jack Dunn does. Jack Dunn introduced me to that line. Yeah. See, that, that just makes sense. It makes more sense in bringing in more Pepto Bismol. I saw in a store twenty-six SKUs of Pepto Bismol. He'd have twenty-seven if it came keg. Does he expect a run on it? So let's not expand these SKUs. Let's expand health-related categories.
0: All right, so so we have these things that pharmacies need to do right Some of them that we probably should do help do more for them I mean, the, the goal is to is 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 to help them be successful I mean that's it. If the end if we don't have them be successful they don't exist here in, in five or ten years or at least some of them don't H- how do we get to to how do we I mean how do we as a software vendor right how do how do we help them do better on the OTC side? How do we help them succeed?
1: Train them to use your software better than they can use their iPhone. Please, please. I'll go in and I'll say, you keep telling me you sell all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I I got a great POS system. Good. Run off some reports. I, you know, I'm not sure how that works. And that's not once in a while. That's a lot.
2: Oh, I that's know. A lot we offer those opportunities, it's just um, how do you get them to open up and see that they need to, they've got to learn in order to survive.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you inspire the first piece is inspiring that mm-hmm. or doing it for them. You know, a lot of, one of the ways we've been successful on the, if you look at CPSN and care plans in the United States, the number of care plans being submitted by Pioneer, they almost need to put us on a different graph. Because the number of care plans submitted in the United States is like this for a Pioneer, and the next closest guy is like, like this. And the reason that is best described by a story. So, Troy and his group went to a pharmacy and said, You're doing an amazing job of submitting care plans and, and doing your care plans. They look amazing. What are you doing? And their answer was, We didn't know we were submitting care plans. They were doing their normal job. Of documenting MedSync and documenting stuff with their patients, and the system was putting that together in a good care plan. So they were they were doing good pharmacy. They were documenting what they were doing, but they didn't know they were didn't even know they were submitting care plans. So how do we take that to the to the front end? Where because if I have a big class on here's how to do your point of cell reports, fifty people show up, maybe out of 45,000. So we have to figure out how do we take some of your ideas and things and how do we make them almost fall into that accidentally? And, and how do we, how can we throw that information in front of their face? How can we, go ahead.
1: Ask for a champion in every store. Don't, no volunteers. I don't want to volunteer. I want someone who's a champion who's excited about this and, and you'll find one maybe not in every store, but I've learned a lesson. I'll give little pep talks, and I don't mean to minimize them to employees, for 44 years, and I'm thinking, I'm not getting anywhere and asking for volunteers. So I, I was with my good friend, Boyd in Ennis, and he's got multiple stores, and I said, your store doesn't have a hero or a champion. They just do their job, they're great people. But if you wanna sell more pharmaceutical grade vitamins, you need a champion. You need someone to own this. I own a POS system. I'm gonna be the champion. And it takes the burden off the pharmacist or the owner. And that's, to me, raise your hand if you wanna be a champion, the rest of you had leave. Thank you. I got my people in front of me.
0: It's super interesting. So one of the things that I think about our support center, we keep up with who's the PIC? Who's the decision maker? Who's the owner? Who's the owner? Wow. Imagine if we added a front-end champion, right? Right our ex-champion. Imagine when the pharmacy techs are calling with, uh, and we do preventive calls. We call them even they're not calling us and said, hey, this month, one thing we want to get up is who's your, who's your front-end champion? right? Who, who do we need to talk to and send stuff to that's related to the front-end? That may not be the owner of the PIC. If we send a webinar and say, hey, owner, there's a webinar on front-end deal stuff, it may just, oh, yeah, okay. But if we had that, that champion So, uh, that's a cool, you earned your, earned your time, earned your money today.
1: Phew. I was worried. (laughs) So, so have a meeting, have a town hall meeting with all your champions, whether it's virtual and let them go at it. the, the, the networking will be crazy good, crazy good. And when you get a bunch of champions in one room, it's magic as far as what they're going to talk about. And you're going to go, holy moly. And once you call somebody a champion, it's like putting somebody on a committee. You ever been put on a committee? Uh, my old boss, he's, when we thought we were losing a customer, we used to put them on a committee. And then the person would stay. Oh, they need me. They need me. When, when my job was to get people to switch wholesalers, I'd get that person to make the switch. And just before I get a phone call, oh, Gabe, I can switch. Such and such wholesaler called me. They want me to be on a committee. And gosh, they need me. So I, I'm all, I, I, got, I got, I got, I can't switch. So I'm not actually new to fool these champions. But when once you're the champion, let them be the champion. Have have a meeting just for them and 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 build their cape.
0: Well, Gabe, I, I think that's time. We sure appreciate uh, your time today, and uh, you know, I I, I, I uh, have to be honest. Since I haven't been to one of your classes, and I think I need to change that. I, I think I would enjoy listening to you for ninety minutes, open bar or not.
1: Oh, wow, so, that's a big compliment.
0: <laughs> so if um. If somebody wanted to learn more about insight from you, what would they do?
1: They really should get on our Profit Makers, which is uh, every two weeks, free, five to six great tips. It's free. Um, Write to me. Go through all the one-page tips I've written. Um, There's a lot of resources out there.
0: So that's all off of the, the NCPA website?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And... Just before we sign off, when I talked about your champions, and I don't need to preach, I'm sorry. But when I find champions, I put them in the same room. I make a Bible. And the Bible is all the great stuff they say. And then when that champion says, I'm going to work for somebody else, or it's time for me to retire, I have my Bible and I give him my new champion. So they're not starting from dirt. So thank you for your time. No, buddy, it's right? wonderful. Um,
0: I, is uh, you know, I, I told them when, when I had said, Hey, you know, we should get the red shoe guy. I always see you kind of in a blur. You know, I may get a high, high game, you know, you're a little buzzing around everywhere, getting stuff done, things on your agenda. So it was a pleasure for me just to sit down and, and get to know you a little bit better. Huge respect for everything you do for pharmacy and, and the big difference you've made for everybody and appreciate that. And, and, uh, Look forward to you doing more.
1: Yeah. You're very kind.
0: All right. Well, thanks again.
2: Thank you so much, Gabe.
1: Take care and happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays. You too. Thank you for listening to this Catalyst podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking, subscribing, and or following us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more amazing pharmacy people like you. Follow Pioneer X on your preferred social media platform for the latest up-to-date pharmacy news and content.